Welcome to the All or Nothing podcast, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm the host, Rodrigo Ballone. Our next guest has a long track record of helping some of the largest companies in the world revolutionize the way they operate by leveraging technology and human capital to increase results. Let's welcome the founder and CEO of Maximum Potential, Mary Ann McElreef. How are you today? Excellent. Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. We're glad to have you on. Marianne, very early in your career, you showed a knack for not only seeing holes in the company's operation, but filling those gaps with new ideas to increase results. So tell us, how did you get started with Maximum Potential and start helping companies? Uh, that's a great question to start off with. But, um, you know, I just want to reach out to, you know, all of the innovators and entrepreneurs and people that are, you know, expanding their companies and, you know, teams in that, you know, really anything's possible to answer your question. Um, you know, I was the youngest CIO, chief information officer at 23 and uh, doing phenomenal, took the company public and, you know, I was laid off. And that's how I started Maximum Potential. And so I just said, uh, my gosh, I'm out of technology in the human capital space. I'm going to go open a pizza store. And I uh, got a call from a, a good friend of mine, Dave Duffield, um, who said he's going to start a company. He thinks he's going to call it uh, PeopleSoft. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, okay, I'll help. I'll help you for a while. I think it's all about, you know, starting out just in everyday life. It's like, you know, how can you help somebody else? And, and be the best that they can possibly be. That's how, that's how basically I started out. I didn't start out waking up one day saying I'm going to start, you know, a company and, you know, travel around the world and help, you know, major corporations. What I love about your approach is that you took into account a person's mind, their thought process, and their lifestyle as all factors that will impact a person's performance. So can you talk about how applying some of these methodologies can help companies get the most out of their employees? A great question. You know, so when, you know, I was working with uh, all of these different, you know, large organizations and some upstart entrepreneurs, you know, the, the thing to realize is that whether you're given a team of five or 50 or 300, and they're all around the world potentially. Um, and there's different, you know, cultures you know, even if it, let's just say it was even just a U.S.-based company and they're not global, you know, even within your team, you have each individual is so unique, you know, in our different cultures. And it's all based on some of our rules, beliefs, and values as we were growing up. And so now we put all these different people together and we say, okay, you're going to be a family, you know, for the next six months, nine months. And so a leader's job is to understand, you know, not, first of all, what we're going to get out of them, but what we're going to give to them. You know, what is important to Jimmy or Sally or Jose or, you know, Marianne? You know, what is each of those individuals, who are they? What's important to them? And also understanding, you know, where they are in life. Because if you've got, you know, and I hate these labels, but the millennials versus baby boomers, it, the, cutting across the chasm of all of these different individuals, different things are important to them. So if, if, 
you know, again, rather than saying, what am I going to get out of this team? Well, because we have a project plan and we all know that and what we're going to get, the end result is profit, right? And, 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 and hmm. successful projects that change the way people use technology and how they leverage, you know, the human capital, which is the most important asset of an organization. But if it's important for Jimmy at 3 o'clock every Friday to go, you know, watch his kid do soccer, you know, if you're the leader of that team, it's important for you to know that. Because if, you know, he starts getting jittery around a certain time, you know, you don't know what's going on in, in their life. And that's why it's really important for a leader to be close to their team and to get that team, um, you know, synergy. It's no longer the old management control command. It doesn't work anymore. It's not like that. You know, and each individual, and we have to understand not only what's important to them, okay, it might not be money. It might be they want the time off, or they might want to feel like they're part of a purpose. I completely agree. I think that everyone performs better when they feel like their work is being recognized. But that makes me think about one of the buzzwords that people are starting to throw around right now, which is reengineering. Reengineering is a big part of your transformational consciousness training. What are some of the things people will pick up going through the training that will in turn enhance their performance? Okay, so uh, we call it, you know, rapid re-engineering actually. And so back in the day when they came out with re-engineering and Hammer and Cham, he came out with the book re-engineering, you know, their, their idea was to throw the baby out with the bathwater and start from scratch. And so, you know, that's not what we should do. There's so many great things that, you know, people are doing within their companies and to take a look at, and that's what we did with every one of our clients and our teams. You know, what is it that you're doing great right now? You know, that is empowering to the team. That is driving revenue that you are doing in your implementation. And then come in and, you know, collaborate with them to enhance the process, to make some innovation changes and to do the re-engineering of that. Now that's from the technology standpoint. Now from the, the, the human standpoint, which is a rapid engineered mind, that methodology, you know, everyone, when we say we want to re-engineer, we want to actually find the gaps that are going on in our life. You know, people hit the wall and they say, okay, well, I'm going to try this and it doesn't work. And I'm going to try this whether it's in their finances or in their relationships or getting along with their boss. And they just don't know what to do. They came, okay, Einstein says, let me change my approach. And they just keep changing the approach and they're still hitting the wall. You know, they're still at the end of the month with their bills trying to figure out, oh my God, you know, I tried this, I tried that. What's happening is that your subconscious mind actually runs your computer. You know, think of your subconscious mind as the internals of your computer system. And so basically what we need to do is understand where is the gap. You know, where are the, the core rules, beliefs, and values? And what are the disciplines that I live my life by? Okay, because, you know, there's a lot of great people that have amazing rules, beliefs, and values, but they're still not achieving that financial goal or that business goal or, or whatever it is. And it goes back to, you know, what are their rituals? And so it's our rituals that will help re-engineer our life and habits. I agree. 
But jumping back into management, a lot of companies think that they're creating an environment that cultivates new ideas, but they're just not. Marianne, you have a pretty good track record of going into some of the biggest companies in the world and getting them to change for the better. What advice would you give someone that is trying to spark change in a company? I think it comes down to education. And I'm not talking about going to get a master's degree from Harvard or Princeton. I'm talking about educate your leadership. You know, modeling people. You know, some of the best, you know, people tell us that, you know, the Dave Duffields, the Juana Bellows, the Jeff Carr, all of these, you know, they say if you want to achieve a result, model someone that's already doing it. The success leaves clues. And, and corporations must invest into their leadership. And those are the most successful companies that I've worked with that I see that they invest in their employees and their employees feel like they are, whether they're a manager, a team member, an executive, their employees feel like they have a purpose and a big why and that they're part of a community. You mentioned earlier that everyone is different and people do a lot of different things to get their mind right and relieve stress. Some people run, others do yoga, whatever works is good in my book. But what I like about your approach to life is the importance of a person developing a strategic mental model. Can you go into how understanding someone's mental state can help them reach their goals? Now, how do people get depressed? What they, what they do is they're asking bad questions. They're asking themselves mm. bad questions, and then their, their physiology, their body, they're slumped over, their breathing is lower, right, versus someone that is, you know, energized, you know, their movement and their, um, their communication skills are clearer and their communication skills are more empowered versus, you know, so the first thing is, you know, move your body and start asking yourself some very different questions and then get educated. It all goes back to the education, you know, because if these are simple things and you could, then they, they become rituals. And then the key thing, and, you know, um, you know, I coached the owner of Forbes uh, Latin America, Caribbean, and Ed, Ed Devay is just an amazing person. And he came here, you know, um, with nothing at a very early age. And now he's just, a, you know, an amazing entrepreneur, Inc. 5000, the whole bit. And what he says and he tells, because I have, you know, uh, mastermind groups of my clients, just select mastermind groups. And, and I'm going to share this with you. And what he says is one of the most important things Marianne has helped me with is to understand my sphere of influence. You know, if you're around people all the time that are always worried or always negative or always talking or thinking about something else other than how they're going to take their life to the next level, you know, you want to see what your paycheck is? Take a look at your friends. Hmm. You, want to, you want to take a look at your relationship with a significant other? Take a look at your friends. You want to look at what, where you are in your business career and growing your company? Are you, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're growing a company, you know, who are you hanging out with? Are, are they other brilliant entrepreneurs? Are they innovative? I completely agree with you. I believe that the people you choose to be around is one of the most important decisions that we all make in life. 
But I feel like a big reason why people don't hit their goals is that they don't view the process as a series of steps. Instead, they're just looking for the big home run. Marianne, you talk about developing life blueprints that help people become more consistent at hitting their goals. What are some key steps our listeners can use when it comes to laying down a game plan to get what they want? First of all, the, the both methodologies, the, 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 the implementation methodology for a technology, you know, starts out with getting clarity about what's important. Let's talk about the company and then let's talk about the person. So the company is, you know, needs to be clear, like Mark Benioff and Tony Robbins and a Dave Devil, these people, and, you know, they, they're clear about the vision and they're clear about execution and they put a plan together and then they bring in and, and, and surround themselves with people that could help execute that plan, right? That's what companies do. And they leverage technology and they leverage human capital, which is the most important asset of a company is their people, right? So they have vision and clarity. They know where they're going. They could see it. They could feel it. They could taste it. It's happening. They run it like a movie in their head, these executives, of what it is that they want. Like when AOL started out and I was helping Steve Case, they had, they had 700 employees and we were hiring 800, at least at a minimum 800 a month. But Steve knew back then, it was highly confidential, that he was going to go into media when he started out. Look what happened. They merged with Time Warner. And, you know, so these executives like the Steve Cases, the Dave Duffields, you know, Tony Robbins, they, they know where they're going to go. Okay. So now that's the methodology, and it helps these executives take their vision, their plans, into um, putting detailed plans together and how to leverage technology to execute on their visions and roll it out. What I like about your journey is that you had a lot of success in the corporate world too. You helped the company PeopleSoft grow from the startup phase all the way to the point where they got bought out by Oracle for billions of dollars. Now, most people don't last the whole ride from startup to billions, because it takes a different skill set to bring a company from zero to a million, a million to 50, and 50 to a billion. So from your standpoint, what were some key traits that allowed you and others to evolve with the company as it grew? Uh, you know, like I said, starting out, I just wanted to help my friends. <laughs> that was it. I didn't want to start maximum potential. I didn't want to start a company. I just, I wanted to help my friends. And I believed in the vision of where he was going with technology and, and cloud computing and now that he started Workday. And I, I, I wanted to help my friends. I believed in the vision. Again, what do we talk about? It's leadership and it's believing in a vision and a purpose. And, um, you know, and just creating value every day. You know, not only creating value, we talk about these companies. Like, you're not just a number when you go into your, your job and you're working for companies, you know, they believe in you, they're paying you. And, you know, it's what are you going to do today to be innovative and different? How are you going to be the best? You know, not that you're competing against, you know, your team members, but how are you going to make, you know, your team a better team? What are you going to do that's new, unique? What are you learning, you know, that you could share with your team? Marianne, that was a great interview. You gave our listeners a lot of good information that they could definitely use. Is there anything else you would like to tell our audience before you go? Believe in yourself. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. 
you know, believe in yourself. It doesn't make a difference where you came from, what happened what yesterday, because the past doesn't equal the future, that you need to believe in yourself. If you want people to believe in you, you must believe in, your, in yourself. Way to end it on a positive note. I want to thank the founder and CEO of Maximum Potential, Mary Ann McElree, for being on our show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, make sure you follow the All or Nothing podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. That's a wrap for this week's episode of All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm the host, Rodrigo Ballone.